Welcome to episode 91 of All the Small Takes. Coming to you from Skype now. Google Hangouts decided to change its format. It doesn't allow group calls anymore, so we had to come up with a workaround. So shout out Skype. If you'd like to be a sponsor of the podcast, you can hit us up. John and Cooper, it's been a while. A lot has happened. Yeah. Um, how are you guys doing? We made it. We just decided to take that like last home stretch before football season off instead of potting through it. So I'm excited we made it. How are you guys doing? Excited. Doing well. Um, really tired. but <laughs> Yeah. Know. It's also 940 because of the aforementioned issues with Google Hangouts and now Skype. Well, except for John, who's unaffected by the fact that it's 940. It yeah, eight forty in I'm still normal person time. The greatest yeah. time zone of all. I, I can't get up at four thirty tomorrow if I don't go to sleep by eight thirty. So sorry to keep you from that. What are you getting up at four yeah. thirty for? I gotta get gotta go to the pool and swim, then come back, shower, do morning prayer, go to mass, shower. Sorry, no, the showering only happens once. So I don't you don't have to shower after mass. Oh, I'm a big fan of double showers. Double showers. Not be, I mean, that. even that one, that the double shower there is like 45 minutes apart. So that would be a bit much for me. Okay. But, uh, you know. All right. Well, we'll try to get you to bed sooner rather than later. Oh, it's okay. I'm not actually going to go swimming tomorrow, I don't think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a lot of convincing to get. <laughs> you sure? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, check us out on Twitter at Small Takes, Instagram, small underscore takes. Hit us up on email, all the small takes at gmail.com. We do have a packed show because we're on the cusp of college football season. We are back in Premier League season. Um, we've got the pick six, America's favorite segment to get back in the swing of. We want to start with soccer, as we usually do. Premier League is back. Cooper, the last time we talked to you, you had not gone to see Old Trafford to make your pilgrimage. So first, we'll start with the happy stuff before we get to the latest on Manchester United. But how was Old Trafford? through your eyes. It was pretty incredible. I think I described it earlier to you when I saw you last week because it was like I was a five-year-old boy uh, on Christmas morning. It was awesome. It was unreal. It was once-in-a-lifetime experience. They could have – I honestly don't – they ended up winning. They beat Chelsea for nothing. They destroyed Chelsea. Um, they made Frank Lampard look like – I don't know, me trying to manage a Premier League team, um, which was incredible. I, but I really do think they could have lost like 10 to nothing, and I still would have had the time of my life. It was amazing. It was so cool. So happy. You get into, like, into the chants and stuff? Oh, yeah. Singing the whole game. It was ugh, sitting like high up in the nosebleeds, maybe like 20 rows from the top. Um, but the atmosphere, the atmosphere in in the Premier League in general now, because that's been that's like my third EPL game I've been to. Um, but the atmosphere in just in the Premier League is generally amazing. And then at Old Trafford, it's special. It's a special place. Did you burn any candles or pour out any libations? No, John, I no? did not. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't partake at the at the uh, um, the pitch. No, I can't tell. Burning a candle is a euphemism or not, so I'm not going to ask. Um, it's a Catholic. We're Catholics. We burn candles. Well, we don't pour out libations. That's a pagan thing. Yeah, that's We burn yeah. candles. <laughs> we do burn lots of candles. No, I did not True. burn candles. Okay. So glad to hear that was good. Now the not so good, John, I'll turn it over to you for the latest on relegation. Well, much like the cathedrals in England, which are now being turned into amusement parks and slip and slides for whatever reason. Uh, Manchester United is slip and sliding down the rankings. Not as bad as Chelsea. I think right now we need to take a moment and we need to say that Chelsea's straight garbage. <laughs> they're awful. <laughs> um, they did finally win a match uh, this weekend, but they're sitting behind Everton right now, behind uh, Crystal Palace, who we'll talk about more in a second, um, and behind Brighton Hove Albion, who is, of course, three teams. Um, but anyway, Man United managed to lose uh, embarrassing <laughs> fashion today. Uh, or tomorrow. Yeah, today, right? So tomorrow. Yesterday. They lost yesterday. tomorrow. It was yesterday? It was, <laughs> it was yesterday. yesterday. My bad. Anyway, they lost. Uh, that's, what, yeah. that's what counts. Uh, 
their manager is probably going to be fired again because um, that's what they do in Man United. Can't cope. You know, you can't just hold on to guys and let things work themselves out like Arsenal does. <laughs> anyway, Arsenal, top three. Man United, several spots behind them. On the edge of not even being in Europe next year, which is just embarrassing. I mean, who doesn't do that? Uh, so, yeah, that's that. And then um, are we doing the MLS relegation update? Or do we want to oh, no, I, I have a question on the uh, the EPL side. Mm-hmm. So you said Arsenal. You, you actually kind of answered it. Where do they sit in the table? We sit third. We're one behind point, who? Uh, one point behind Man City, three behind Liverpool. Okay, so it's Liverpool and Man City again. Also, the Chelsea thing, that seems like sort of big news that they are terrible. This seems like the equivalent of like the Yankees being terrible, a team that pours a ton of money um, into their players. I know, no. Man United is the Yankees. Chelsea is more like um, the Cowboys. Okay, yeah, then um, that would be so – that's in its own it's right. It's expected that they're noticeable, awful. I guess. So they're kind of the team that like thinks – that they are better and like kind of resting on their laurels of history. Yeah, well, they also had a transfer ban. Um, yeah. Oh. So they couldn't buy new players. That uh, hurts. Yeah, that hurts big time. So it'd be like I think it should also be like, be like noted being able to get a transfer quarterback. You know, you, just, <laughs> you, you don't know what to do anymore. Let the kids play. play. <laughs> yeah. I think we probably should say that uh, teams five through fourteen all have the same amount of points. Because we played At how four. many games? I mean, four games? that sounds like Three. someone who's yeah, someone games. who's trying to, you know, equivocate or you know, <laughs> obfuscate things. Your team lost to <laughs> Crystal Palace. That's embarrassing. Uh, it was. It was actually really embarrassing. But also, uh, not. I mean, I didn't predict us losing to Crystal Palace, but this United team is going to struggle. It's going to be a really long season for me, and starting podcasts is just going to get rough and rougher. Mm. Um. Manchester United's midfield is worse than Arsenal's defense, and that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's awful. We start every, for whatever reason, every ball has to be kicked by the goalie to someone standing within five yards of him, which is just asking for a defense for someone on the other team to be opportunistic and steal it. Arsenal basically starts all like every game one goal behind. That's yeah. how bad their defense is. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> It's so bad. Weird golfers handicap. <laughs> Maybe there's we'll handicapping. There's handicapping their offense because it's so good. Yeah. I mean, really, we only lost uh, Liverpool two to one. That's. I mean, that's pretty respectable. Yeah, because their third goal was gift. It was automatic. It was gift. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the hell is real rivalry. The other, so pivoting to the MLS and pivoting to the other other Cooper team that yeah, lost. Let's, yes. Yeah, let's just Yeah, just doubling down. Twisted. Down, down, down. Yeah. Uh, the hell is real fire. rivalry, which is, I thought that was a us podcast thing, but I didn't realize that's an actual thing. Yeah, I actually so, like the rivalry name. I think, I think it's, it's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. time you can work work he double hockey sticks into a rivalry name. I think that adds like an aura to it. Um, it also so, helps that the two teams are the worst two teams in the MLS. Yeah, they're awful. <laughs> yeah, Gosh, yeah. Bad. Tough, tough to put some spice into a first year rivalry right now. <laughs> But they tried. The first game was really good. First game was very entertaining. It was, yeah. In it was Columbus. An and then tonight, Cooper, you were in the building for round two. I believe it was 3-1 final for the crew. Yeah, I was there with my 30,000 other closest friends. And, uh, yeah, to watch SC Cincinnati get absolutely annihilated. And what was actually kind of a boring football game. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say. SC Cincinnati is so bad. <laughs> they yeah, have- that's... Uh, so many problems. We couldn't fit them all into a podcast. We could try. No, we shouldn't. We okay, shouldn't. that's all right. We won't. So, because... yeah. Go ahead, John. Right now, FC Cincinnati has tied the worst goal differential in MLS history. At yeah, minus we're, also, we're also, I think, only 10 goals away from breaking the most goals allowed record. So yeah. let's hope we get there. Making history your first season. Wow, they, Make, exactly. Are truly are the two. I, I thought you were exaggerating. No, that wasn't really no. the two worst teams. They're, they're historically bad. <laughs> Man, which is not super shocking for FC Cincinnati. No, actually pretty shocking for the Columbus Crew, considering yes. they made the postseason last year. It was only three years ago, right, that they were playing Portland in the MLS Cup final. Yeah. Um, 
And yes, they lost their coach, who then became the U.S. men's national team coach, but they replaced him with Caleb Porter, who was a respected MLS coach. So yeah, I don't know what's up with either team. Um, but I guess both are getting new stadiums, so that's exciting, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then I do have to plug Minnesota FC in fourth place. You guys mocked me. Go Loons. Whoa. We go did Loons, mock baby. you. Give hilarious. me that. Give me that tattoo. What'd you say? What did they just have? They winning the tournament. That's what we said. They were yeah, winning the cup. Yeah, if they win the cup. Oh, that would be so awesome. Be have you thought about where you're getting a loon tattoo? Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to <laughs> the postseason, which starts in like what a month, October? two months. It starts in October, right? It ends in October. No, it ends in November. It ends like around. It does. It ends baseball. in November. I think. Yeah. I remember watching it when we went to the state swim meet every year. So yeah, Same. I guess it'll be November. Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, union, so anyway, we'll cross that bridge. Yeah, go ahead. You are level union. on points with Atlanta United right now. Six fewer goals, so they're in second in the East, but level on points. So. Yeah, LAFC I don't know is if it, just. I, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I don't know if it matters. <laughs> because LAFC is a wagon. Sixty-one points. You could just going down the goal differential in the Western Conference is hilarious. Oh the wow! The goal differential, LAFC's wow. goal differential is forty-six. The next best is seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. What's the record? That has to be close to, if not the it record is. for. It's a record. Yeah. Uh, most four is uh sorry. Yeah, it's for it's forty-one for the end of the season. So they okay, have to. Okay, I on. think they're probably gonna smash that. <laughs> That's insane. What's making them? Well, like, what's the what's their Royce. trick? Royce. Uh, Carlos Vela is the trick. <laughs> Carlos no, Vela. I mean, Carlos Vela is the trick. He's the best player in the league. And then it doesn't hurt that they also have Rossi, and then they just went out and bought another DP player. Um, so yeah, it helps that they've hit on all three of their designated players, and they're they have, really good. I mean, they have the, probably the best manager in the MLS too, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's Bob Bradley, right? Yeah, Bob I was gonna Bradley. ask. Yeah. I wasn't gonna ask, but I've, I've Isn't it? I. It is Bob Bradley. It I is Bob Bradley. It's, yeah, it's also their colors, the black and gold, something like it. Just they're so dope. Strong combo. Explains why Atlanta United's up, you know, because they had red too. That's such as that's you know also. Yeah, it's yeah, an it's alpha color. Also alpha color. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, so that's all on soccer. I think. Anything else? I, no, I just like to on. take a, a moment to appreciate oh, how much the soccer uh, has grown on this podcast. This has become one of the most consistent segments. I, it's great. Oh, I can yeah. appreciate that. Sorry, I thought we were going to like twist the knife a little bit more. My no, no. Soccer's fan. There's a whole year ahead for that, dude. Oh, yeah, it's pretty great. It's so rough. Especially okay. when Arsenal finally makes it back to the real European leagues. They should. Is Arsenal should. back? Is Arsenal back? <laughs> Well, we, this is the year to do it because they're going to make the Super League next year, and you're going to, and everyone's going to be frozen out who's not in the Champions League right away. No, they'll do it based off money. They won't do it based off anything real like qualification. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Transition. Yes, John agreed. I I do appreciate that soccer has taken a more serious and lengthy part of our conversations. Yeah, it's good. You guys have won me over slowly. Well, well, I mean, let's let's specify men's soccer. We don't. We obviously don't talk about women's soccer on this podcast at all, because there was a women's soccer record that was broken like a couple of weeks ago, right? The most uh, most attendees at a at a game. Was it? I don't know. Sure. We... So we just see. We just talked about it. I know. I'm just. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. yeah, that's a controversial stance for you to take, man. Speaking out for all of us here. I'm just saying. I do not. John does not speak for me. Let's uh-huh. just make that clear. That was that was a sarcastic comment directed at all of us. Okay. I was not making a statement about anything whatsoever. All right. Transition. Let's go. Okay. Okay, sorry. Uh college football is here. We had week zero last night, Florida, Miami, and then what was definitely a better football game that I don't think anyone stayed up to watch, Hawaii and Arizona, that ended like a movie. 
getting tackled with Khalil Tate getting tackled uh, like one yard short of a game tying touchdown. Oh, great. <laughs> I think Khalil I just, Tate's the worst. I think I just broke that like, news to I John. Didn't like, oh, yeah. didn't it was that. like, <laughs> it was, that's exactly what it was like. Um, Cause the Florida Miami more... game was a dumpster fire for most of it. Oh, horrible football game. Horrible football game. I mean, if you're a fan of the turnover turnover chain, I guess you probably loved it. Is anyone a fan of the turnover chain? The correct answer is no. No one's a fan. Now they well now and they've got the uh, touchdown rings, rings, which actually kind of look like brass knuckles. That's what I thought they were at first. It's not just like one ring; it's like an entire knuckle set of rings. Gosh. Um. So yeah, that game was terrible, but Florida somehow survived, and. Despite trying know, to lose. Despite trying really hard to give the game away. And John, do you need to step away? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna step away. I'll be back in a sec. Okay. <laughs> Should we just I don't know if we continue or we just keep going. Skype keep, sucks. We can talk rolling. about how Skype sucks. No, I think and Skype's I pretty good. Right now. Really? I'm feel delayed. No, you're right on on time. All right, all right. Let's keep going. So, where are we at? Let's just pick some of the conferences. We're gonna go through the conferences, right, and do a winner MVP yep. playoff selection for each one. We're calling this conference preview Palooza. That's right. I think we should talk about Notre Dame real quick. While John's away, I agree. While John's away. Okay. Uh-huh. So, who is the winner of the Notre Dame conference? So, the winner of the Notre Dame conference. Oh man. See, it's like it's a tough, it's a really tough slate because you've got obviously Notre Dame. You've also got BYU, <laughs> got Navy, who's always frisky. Um, trying to think of other, is Army technically in the Notre Dame Conference as an independent? No, aren't they in their own conference this year? Oh, that's right. Are they in the the AC? I think they are in the AC. The the AC. Okay, so so amongst those teams we just listed, who do you like as the winner of the Notre Dame Conference, Cooper? Uh, ticket prices. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because uh, I guarantee the tickets to the Notre Dame-Georgia game and the Notre Dame-Michigan game are top five ticket prices this season. Uh-huh. So ticket prices is my winner. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Jack Swarbrick is also a winner. Jack, yes. And Father Jenkins. Money, yeah, no. putting money in his pockets. Father Jenkins. Um, is this the year for Father Jenkins? Maybe might it be his last as the exclusive uh, podcast coverage of Notre Dame 2020. I don't even know what we want to yeah, call that. Yeah, no, we, we, are, we are on the 2020 watch for uh, Notre Dame presidents. It's a contentious race, from what I hear. I know John has a ton of information about it. It's a shame he's not here to be partaking in this. Um, All right, so who's the MVP? I think we just move on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Notre Dame MVP, in all seriousness, has to be Ian Book if they have any hopes of coming close to matching what they did last season. Um, He has to not only be as good as he was, but he has to take, I think, a a big step forward. Um, Like He was... Very, very good last year, but not game-changing good. And he has to be game-changing good to make up for some of the things that Notre Dame lost. I absolutely agree. If Notre Dame's going to have a good season, it has Ian Book has to step up. And it's actually, I think, might be a little bit of a blessing that he's not being mentioned with the other quarterbacks because I think that's going to give him a little bit of motivation. You hear yeah, every he other quarterback like that made discussion. the playoffs last year, they're all being talked about. And... Ian Book's typically left out of that discussion. Um, so, I mean, obviously, Kyler Murray's in the NFL. But, um, yeah, so I, mean, I think he's that should help him a little bit as motivation. I don't know if it's going to happen because I can't – granted, I'm not John. I don't think I can name another player on the Nerd Dame offense. Oh, buddy. Because actually, a close second I was going to toss out there was Chase Claypool, who – is going to have to step up and be a number one wide receiver with Miles Boykin gone to the draft. Um, Cole Komet, who was supposed to be the next like great Notre Dame tight end this year, broke his collarbone in practice. Yeah, so I knew that one. He was the only so, other one I could think of. Yep. 
So Claypool is going to have to carry a big weight offensively, as is my man Chris Fink, who I'm a huge fan of. The walk-on to fifth-year captain, starter, slot receiver, bird owner extraordinaire. So yeah, they've got, and then they've got some. They've got two running backs who will kind of split time: Jafar Armstrong and. Uh, See, now this is bad. Now I'm blanking. This John would be great for this conversation. Tony Jones Jr. Tony Jones. Yep. No. Yeah, yes. no, that's right. That's right. You're right. Don't doubt yourself. Okay. So yeah, look, you have more knowledge of the Notre Dame team. Um, so does Google. Yeah. Um, you know what's <laughs> not going to be a strong suit of this team that is going to cause a lot of heartburn is the kicking game. We've been mm. spoiled mm-hmm. for four years with John uh, Yoon. John Yoon? Justin Yoon. Justin, Justin Yoon. Yoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they have – his last name's Door, and he was the yeah. one last year that had like the yips on kickoffs. He couldn't keep kickoffs from going out of bounds. New punter too. New punter, which I'm not as worried about, but the oh, kicking dude, unit. Don't you, did you <laughs> just like dismiss the importance of a punter? I didn't dismiss the importance of a punter, but there's a lot more ways that a, a field goal attempt can go wrong versus a punt. Jim Trussell would be disappointed. I know, I know. The double sound, the don't. That's how you know it's gone <laughs> wrong on a punt. But no, the kicking game is going to be an adventure. I think you'll see Notre Dame go for it a lot, especially in the opening game here against Louisville. They'll end up going for it a lot in like between the 30 and the 20, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but it's going to take a while to inspire confidence in the kicking game again. So we only returned six starters on defense. The I defense, so yeah, that bad. let's get there. So we've talked about offense. We've talked about special teams. Defense is the biggest question mark for Notre Dame this year. I mean, our defenses, defensive ends are really good. NFL good. Yeah. That's going to be the, them and our back end, right? Our two safeties. Those are the, That's the strong suit of our defense. Yes. It's the in-between where it gets really, Do we have linebackers? Really, we don't have anyone yeah. returning. We have six linebackers. Hey, John. Welcome back. Hey. Did you really just go away to get a cookie? No. The cookies have been here all, the whole time. <laughs> so, John, we already picked our Notre Dame conference winner. Um, uh-huh. Notre Dame? No, we actually... It wasn't actually Notre Dame. Yeah. Did you pick Brian Kelly? You'll have to listen to know. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then we went MVP. We both went Ian Buck. Ooh. Strong pick. I don't know if you have any differing thoughts. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I was thinking it might be one of the linemen, and then I was like, no, because none of them are like – one of them could be good, but none of them are going to be like Quentin Nelson good to the point where they're going to totally manufacture the running game, basically. Um, the running backs, I don't know. Jafar is – Jafar, my dude. Got to stay healthy, and then so is, the, so is TJ. Um um, I said Ch- Chase Claypool could be a sleeper because he's well. He needs to be a number one wide receiver. Yeah. In Miles Boykin's stead. I think Chris Fink could be like not the real MVP, but like the um, the Hunter Renfro and MVP, like the <laughs> real the gritty. Fourth, yeah, real. Well, like I mean, the fourth down guy that just runs the slant route, and it's like well, that's where the ball is going because. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one that's going to get the fourth down in the national championship game, and then he's going to get the one. He's the one who's going to catch the touchdown with the time expired. Yep. Yeah, he's going to be the security blanket. Yeah, he has to be like the the most steady option. But I would have but, said Cole Komet. But. I know we talked about that too. I mean, and that that puts all the more pressure on a guy like Chase Claypool to like yeah. to have a a Michael Floyd esque year. Well, Michael Young's injured too, which is a bummer. Uh huh. Lawrence Keyes has apparently looked really good, though. They've got a lot. Of, yeah, they have a lot of young depth at wide receiver, but it's mostly unproven outside of mostly. Fink and Claypool. Yeah, almost so. exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so final answer on MVP. Uh, final answer on MVP is going to be Ian Book. The team's yeah. going to go the way he go, the way he takes it. Yeah. Okay. There's a reason he's a captain. Yeah, exactly, and he has to go from being very good to game changing good if they have hopes of getting back to the college football playoff. Did we lose Cooper? Nope, He's here. just smelling cards. Okay. Nope. Can't I'm see here. you anymore, Cooper. 
Um, so we were talking, John, when you joined us about the defense, which is definitely the biggest question mark. You said we have six linebackers. None of them played last year. Oh, that's not true at all. Okay, none no. of them. None of them started last year. None of them started last year. That's a bit. But, well, that's also not true. None of them started consistently last year. Would be a better statement because oh, Asmar Bilal only did. when Asmar Bilal's playing. Yeah, you're right. Okay, like a rover. He was like the Drew Tranquil lights. Yeah, and um, they they all got some amount of playing time. Um, and they're actually all almost all of them are juniors or seniors. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, nope. so like, yeah, a lot of them are juniors and seniors. There, Bilal's a senior. Bilal's a he's a fifth year senior. Yep. Drew White is a junior. junior, and this other guy who I can't pronounce Jordan's his name. Denmark Heath or Osamu. Um, oh yeah, it, I think it's Aoko. Yeah, what we call him. He is a junior. Um, everyone else is a freshman or sophomore, unless you're counting. Jonathan Jones and the depth chart I'm looking at has him pretty far down the depth chart. Yeah. Well, like so, Shane, Shane Simon and Drew Wright. I thought Drew Wright was a junior. Is he a sophomore? Uh, he's not popping up on my depth chart that I'm looking well, at. Well, he is. He's on the depth chart. So. Are you sure? Oh, Ryan wait. Kelly talked about Sorry. Him, so. I already mentioned him. He's a junior. Yeah, he's a junior too. So. Mentioned him already, though. But he's not one. Uh, whatever. So anyway, you've got four or five juniors. Who are actually but John, you're not, not as concerned about the state of the defense. No, no, because okay. I think um, in the past when we've had to put in new people, um, we've had a new like they've all been transitioning in when we've had a new defensive coordinator. Um, and there's been a completely different scheme. These guys have at least been in the scheme for three years. Um, and from all intensive from, from like all the, the reports, none of them are amazing. But also, none of them have been play have played badly enough to take them out of the the whole competition for the linebacker thing. So I think it's probably going to be linebacker by committee, which is not ideal. But it also means that we're not going to be facing the traditional Drew Tranquil, Tavon Coney. Uh, you know, you can go back. Uh, Joe Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. One linebacker gets injured, and then the whole defense just collapses. Um, so it's a trade off. The safeties are going to be amazing. Um, with Aloha Gilman and uh, Jalen Elliott, Jalen Elliott, and then um, Kyle Hamilton is a freshman who's been playing. Oh, yeah, his mind. true freshman, true freshman. Um, and then yep. the D line is actually going to be almost as good, if not better, than last year. Even though you lost two really good guys on the inside, um, again because of the you're you don't have two superstars that you did last year in the middle, but you're replacing them with four guys that could all play, and then you've got superstars on the outside. So I think the for the first time in the Brian Kelly era, we have depth, I think, at every defensive position. Maybe cornerback's a little iffy, but um you've got like high 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 risk, high reward guys like if Sean Crawford actually pans out, he could be great there. And you've got still got we have still have Troy Pride Jr., who's an animal uh, of a football player who's gonna be really good there. Yeah. And you got other people you can plug in. So no, okay. I think that I think the offensive line is actually a bigger concern. That's my big concern. And the running backs. Okay, so, so, I'll, a- so I'll ask you now then. We'll start this last question, then we'll move on. Playoff for Notre Dame, yes or no? Yeah, they're going to make the playoff. They're gonna, we're going to beat Georgia, and it's going to be a big win, but Georgia's going to lose three games this year. So <laughs> The takes. Okay. No, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I don't see it happening. I see the schedule is a lot more challenging than last year's. Um, I don't think Notre Dame escapes trips to Georgia, Michigan, and Stanford. And, yeah, I just don't think they escape it. But do you like, actually think all three of those teams are better this year than they were last year? Like, all I think three of them? Michigan is. Yep. And I think Georgia's probably the same. But Stanford's worse, right? Stanford is Stanford, and I'm never counting on Stanford. But I'm just throwing them in the mix of – that is one of the three really tough road trips that Notre Dame has to take care of this year. And I just, we didn't have that last year and I don't see it happening. Yeah. So I think I agree with Cooper. I, I'm, I'm optimistic. And I think Notre Dame is at a point where, where I think Brian Kelly's got the program to a point where they're going to go through these periods of hopefully two, every two to three years have a core that's ready to contend for a national championship 
but the lulls will be like nine and ten win seasons. And I think this is a ten win season because I think they optimistically they can take two of those three road games, whether at Michigan, at Georgia is going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be really tough. But Stanford's the one that is the lowest hanging fruit, and then the rest of the schedule isn't isn't overwhelming. Um, but I think it's hard. I mean, it's just hard to to get back two years in a row if you're not the kind of program like Clemson, Alabama, that just reloads absolutely with four and five star talent. There's going to be a little bit of a like ebb and flow to it for Notre Dame. That's just the reality of it. So, any other thoughts on Notre Dame? Nope. Move on to a okay. different conference. Let's do the let's let's get through the rest of these conferences then. So we have the ACC mm-hmm. winner MVP playoff. Let's start with Cooper. Who's your winner? Should I just do all three? Does just I do all, all, all three rapid fire? All three. Rapid fire. Okay. Uh, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, and yes. Okay, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. But I don't think I do either. I mean, the only the only wrinkle you could throw in there is like a different MVP. But the rest of the conference is so terrible. And Miami didn't show anything last night that was like, wow. Because they're bad. Um, and I can't even no. tell you who, like, who, gonna... another, like, another name brand player in the ACC besides Trevor Lawrence. They're going to try and feed us that Syracuse is somehow going to knock off Clemson this year. Do you know? Because they're playing in the Carrier Dome this year. And the Carrier Dome's a weird place because it's actually it's a basketball a stadium. Um, but... It's the last place Clemson lost a ACC game, I think, right? Exactly. So those are going to be all the storyline, regardless of whether or not Syracuse actually wins its first couple of games, which it might. But it's no. Okay. NC State, they might be good. I don't know. Or Duke, they like float around the top twenty-five well, occasionally. Duke has to replace a top-five pick. That's so true. It's going to be difficult. Yep. <laughs> An NFL starter. <laughs> Some are saying. Okay, so ACC were unanimous on. Uh, I think we can move on. Uh, the SEC has maybe a little more intrigue. I think it definitely does. Um, John, we'll start with you. Winner, MVP, and playoff. Okay. Or playoffs um, if it's two teams. It's not going to be two teams. Um, I can promise you that. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's not it going to be fun. Um, okay, my winner is not going to be Texas A&M. Um, it's going to be <laughs> Alabama, uh, which I think are the only two options. Because you could say LSU, but sheesh, that's a lot. That's that's a lot to a lot to guess with with Coach Orgeron. So uh, probably Alabama. Uh, my MVP uh, is going to be um, Jerry Judy because they're finally going to realize that. Tua Tagliavoa needs guys who can actually catch the ball, who can catch, the, who can run down and catch the ball when they're wide open. Um, even though I hate Jerry Judy, he's the worst. Uh, and Alabama's going to make the playoff because they're going to make a play, the playoff every year until they lose three games in a season, and then they're going, mm, "Should we put them in? Should we?" I mean, they're Alabama. Should we put them in? And then they'll finally get sane and say, "You know, what? we won't." Okay, Cooper, do you have any any divergent thoughts? No, it's annoying. I would pick LSU if that game was in Death Valley, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And I think LSU schedules hard. It's chat like they get Florida on the cross divisional matchup. Um, they get Florida they every have... year. It's a rivalry yeah. game. I know. Um, but like Alabama escapes some of that, and then LSU is also playing Texas and traveling to Texas. That's right. Alabama's schedule is just soft. It's so soft. Always soft. It's so hard. They play Duke, which is so exciting. And then we'll get to that. They travel to A&M, and that's it. Like, that's their schedule. Well, you're forgetting the end of the season where they go to Stark Vegas. Go to Stark Vegas. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Then yep. they come back and they have to recover really fast. The team that play. just got hit with three years of sanctions. Oh yeah, Oof. Dan yeah. Mullen, scam Mullen, uh, <laughs> out of Florida now. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so they go to Mississippi State. Then they have to come home and play known East Coast powerhouse Western Carolina University. I know. Um, so they get the their classic bye. week eleven. Yeah, bye. And everyone in the SEC does that. 
everyone I know. in the SEC it's does. It's wild. That. It's wild, and yet it still counts as a win, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Um, then they go out. They go to Al- to Auburn because they copped out and they won't play in Birmingham anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna chunks of the stadium will fall on you. And there's not. I'm picking what John picked. It's dumb. I want to pick LSU because I think it would be more fun. Um, I'd love for Joe Burrow to like have an awesome season and be the MVP of the SEC, but it's just it's probably not gonna happen. Uh, your best bet is probably for Alabama to just go become national champions and revenge their loss to Clemson last year. I, I do think that there is one trap game on Alabama's schedule, though. Um, they got to circle uh, September 21st because the Golden Eagles come to town. Southern Miss. Southern Miss to the top. This is allegedly the best defense that Todd Grantham's had in five years. So, Yeah, Could I don't think they're going to be too worried about that. Um, you guys are disrespecting the crap out of Georgia in this whole discussion. Um, Georgia's losing to Notre Dame, and then they're crying well, about their whole season. They're not. The I, I hate to break with you, but Notre Georgia, Dame Georgia will get to the SEC championship game, and then uh, Georgia's going to lose. That'll Florida happen, and they'll so, lose to Alabama. So you want to talk about a schedule in the SEC that's relatively lighter than it could be? Their tough road games are at Florida, who did not inspire a ton of fear last night. At Auburn, who like who knows what you're going to get there, and that's it. They play Texas A&M at home. They play Notre Dame at home. They avoid pretty much everyone else that's tough. And they have Jake Fromm, who's my MVP. And I do think Georgia is a playoff team this year. I think they, this is the year they finally get over the Bama hump. Okay. So now that we're actually on the SEC, so my – and I feel like I can say this. I think – Georgia beats Notre Dame, loses to Alabama in the championship game, and they put both Alabama and Georgia yeah. in the playoff. I think that's, that's my... entirely I, – I could see that scenario 100%. But I, I think, think Georgia is going to be really good this year, and their schedule lines up very nicely. I think Georgia loses to Notre Dame, and then maybe Notre Dame loses a game later on in the season, and then they put Georgia in over Notre Dame because they say, oh, it happened earlier in the season. You know, so. yeah. mm. That'd be fun. It'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the Big Ten winner MVP playoff Cooper. Why do I have to go first every time? Because this is your. Oh, I what you go time. first? Uh, okay, I was Post. giving you the benefit of the doubt because this is no, your Jeff. You're your home court. All right, uh, Big Ten winner is. I guess I'm the only Big Ten alumnus. But... Michigan. Michigan. Is it their year? I kind of think it's their year. I kind of want it to be their year. Um, I don't you know, want to, no, have to beat Notre what Dame. What kind of gross person are you? I don't no know. Team I just... competes in the classroom and on the field, quite <laughs> like the University of Michigan. That was a tough soundbite for them. Tough soundbite for them. Um, but I do have a little bit of like softness in my heart for Coach Harbaugh, and I do want him to like uh, finally make it to the top of that mountain. Yeah, um, have the chance to deny a couple more kids the chance to transfer to Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> it'd be great. I mean, I could be edgy and say, like, okay, Nebraska. I just don't want to pick Ohio State. I really don't want to do it. Then don't. And, okay, I'm not. Then I'm taking Michigan. I'm saying the MVP is um, don't say Martinez, it. the quarterback for Nebraska. Oh, great. That's fine. Um, Adrian Martinez. <laughs> They, have, they used to have a guy named Taylor Martinez. Yeah, quarterback, to, like, yeah, a I long was time really ago. confused. I almost said Taylor Martinez. Um, and I don't think they make the playoff. I don't know. Uh, wait, they're going to beat Notre Dame, but they're not going to make the playoff? Or are so they wait, lose yeah, to so for them to win the Big Ten, they either – the Notre Dame games are relevant. All right, they're making the playoff. They're making the playoff. Michigan's making the playoff. They're winning the Big Ten. They're winning the Big Ten championship game against whatever team stumbles out of the Big Ten West. and Fighting skunk bears. They're making the playoff. Cooper, are you writing this down? No. Okay. Oh, no. wait. Uh, should we have been recording this? No, it's okay. <laughs> 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 All right. I went. I went. That's my pick. I got it out of the way. Cooper. Yeah, that was bold. Um, thus, I actually do think the smart pick here is Michigan. Um, because Shay Patterson's probably the best quarterback in the conference. Um, yes, their defense has to reload a lot, but 
outside of the times when he plays Ohio State. Don Brown's actually a pretty good defensive coordinator. Um, there, so the one thing that I think could possibly hold them back is whether or not the fat, this actual transition to a spread offense, because this is the first time John Har- John Jim Harbaugh is actually gonna like kind of relinquish control of the offense. It's the first year he's doing it. They're switching to a spread offense. Can that transition happen quick enough? And you're asking a guy to do it who's never before called offensive plays. Yes, he like was at Alabama, but he was not making play calls. So to me, that's Michigan's hurdle. Um, but yes, they had the players to do it. Um, so my winner will be Michigan. My MVP will be Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor um, Thomas. Seven years junior. Yep. He's only a third-year junior. He just had a great season as a freshman. <laughs> um, I guess I had to pick them as a playoff because this is the last conference, and I picked two SEC and one ACC, so I'll put yeah. Michigan in the playoff. Yep. All right. So it's my turn. Yep. So I think it's important to do a tip of the cap here at the beginning of the Big Ten segment since I am you know, the, the only Big Ten alumnus, and you know, I have experience in Big Ten country. Um, to acknowledge, just one of the great Big Ten traditions, which is um, Iowa naming every one of their football games, yeah, uh, something. So, uh, just do we have my favorite games? one is the High V Heroes game, which apparently is the annual game against Nebraska for whatever reason. Flash, um, the, yeah, flash the High V, yeah. <laughs> so, this year the fight for Iowa game uh, features as uh, a home game against Rutgers, so that, that should be a good one too. Um, not picking Iowa to win the Big Ten, uh, surprisingly enough. Not picking the old cream and crimson either, though I think it should be an improved season for them because they got a bunch of transfers. So that should be nice. But uh, no, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'll take Nebraska. I'll take Nebraska winning the Big Ten. All right. Down aboard the Scott Frost train. I'll buy it. I'll buy in. Um, I don't trust Michigan at all, and I think they're going to lose to Notre Dame, and then Jim Harbaugh is going to take the offense back, and then they're going to lose a couple more games at the end of the season. Um, I also don't trust Jay Patterson. Who knows? Maybe he lights Notre Dame up, but uh, I'm pretty sure Jalen Elliott or Aloha Gilman are going to get at least one interception against him because that's what he's good for um, each game. Uh, Ohio State is going to crumble under the weight of the sanctions that are coming coming down the pipeline. Uh <laughs> We don't know what they are, and I'm not sure. I'm not accusing them of anything. It's just Urban Meyer retired, so something's coming. Uh, and uh, I think that pretty much takes everyone. I mean, Wisconsin's probably going to lose to Michigan or with Nebraska this year. I just feel that. So yeah, I'll take Nebraska. I'll take Scott Frost for the MVP, and um, <laughs> I guess they have to make the playoff. Yeah. Put, him in, put him back in at quarterback right on the option. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they'll you, make the playoffs. So you think Nebraska in the playoff? Yeah, my playoff is Nebraska, Clemson, Alabama. Notre Dame and Alabama. <laughs> All right. If Nebraska makes the playoff, that will be the biggest, like, I mean, I, I, can't, I guess I shouldn't say biggest shocker because, like, I don't know, I saw some stat that each year one team from outside the, like, AP top 15 has ended up making the playoff or, like, four of the five years they've had the, the this format. So it's not, it's not unheard of, but be great for Nebraska. Would love to see it. Regardless of how bad the Big Ten West is, it's going to be exciting. It is because I think it's any team outside, better. any team outside of Illinois, uh, can win that division. Well, you don't believe in Lovey Smith transfer no. quarterback Northwestern got Lovey. No, that's what I'm saying. Northwestern could win the division. I'm saying but any team in Illinois. Oh, you didn't mean no, to say. any team outside of the college of <laughs> oh. university. Of okay. Illinois, believe <laughs> it or not, up. they do play football <laughs> the, at that university, and they play in the Big Ten. Doesn't always seem like it, but they do. Oh. Um, they're not winning the Big Ten West, but I think honestly, like Purdue could Throw win it, Northwestern, Iowa, oh, anyone. No. no, get out. Purdue doesn't do anything. Purdue could. They could Purdue's do it. Purdue's the worst. Kept their coach. Okay. Got one of the best wide receivers in the country. Yep, they do have one of the best wide receivers. Rondell Moore is a beast. Yeah. Great. And weird cool things story. happen in uh, at Purdue at night. 
It's like yeah. that. The Iowa is the same way. Weird stuff happens. Don't forget. Never forget. Purdue at that night. game was State. that game at Iowa was a noon noon kickoff. So I remember watching that one. That was great. It was awful. It was it such was, a bad football game. It was the day after my son was born. I'll never forget it. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's pick six time. It's back. We made it. I'm so excited to have the pick six back. This is our longest running segment. It's like, well, I guess it's not our longest running segment because we've done the waste of data forever. But this is my favorite segment. I love this can segment we, so much. Can we update the standings real quick? Yeah, we can because <laughs> we, we did. I would love to update the standings, actually. Great call, John. Um, we did a virtual, non recorded pick six of just picking the Florida Miami games. So it was a pick one. Um, we have Florida. Uh, it was Florida seven point favorites. And after initially leaning, all the same way, I at the last second zagged and took Miami in the points. Which oh, I thought we were taking it straight up. That's even though, even though Florida probably should have won by like forty. Yes, they should have. But I got the best yeah. of both worlds because I, I I did not want Miami to win. Gosh, no. But I just thought it was going to be a rock fight of a game, which it was. So, want to know on the season of the pick six? Thank you very much. So the goal so, has to be to fade Cooper the rest of the way. <laughs> we had a good year last year. Let's not forget that. We were like, if you were riding with us, I think you were came out in the green. If you were betting your money evenly. Uh, all right, first game. Notre Dame at Louisville, Monday night, Labor Day night. Notre Dame is a 19.5 point favorite. I've seen it a little bit higher. We, we've adjusted it down. But 19.5 point favorites at Louisville, coming off a 2-10 and 10 season for Louisville. Uh, John, who do you like? Parrish. Cooper? That's a lot of points for an offense I don't believe in. Uh, one, two. Who is Louisville's head coach? Uh, don't Papa know. John. Uh, uh, yep. The KFC guy. Um, who is Louisville's quarterback? Not Lamar Jackson. The guy didn't pick. Between Papa John and the KFC guy. Um, I'll go Notre Dame. Uh, I will too. That feels like a lot of points. But I'll write yeah, we should write this down. Thank you. Um, so we're all we're all aligned on that one, Notre Dame. Uh, Alabama versus Duke in Atlanta. The classic uh, non-conference Alabama season opener. <laughs> I'm really, I am like shocked that Duke was not ranked 25th in the, in the country. Well, yeah, just, mean... yeah, just to make that. <laughs> that would be, that, that's the courtesy Alabama yeah. season opener. Like, here you go. Here's, here's USC 20... ranked 25th. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, um, they're 35 point favorites. So just, just a little bit of a point spread. It's a lot of points. That is a lot of points, and I still don't care. I'm taking Alabama <laughs> and those points. Uh, Cooper? Uh, yeah, I've never been really convinced by the whole like points thing, um, even though it is a lot of points. I just feel like you should pick the team who you think is going to win, uh, even though I know we're going with spreads, and I'm just going to stick by Alabama because, honestly, when I first saw that, I thought it was low. Gut reaction. Yeah. You don't want to be in like the third quarter, like having Duke and the points, and it's like twenty-eight nothing. Yeah, <laughs> which is like envision that scenario in your head and think about how you'll feel, and just know they go the other way. <laughs> uh, uh, John. Oh man, this is agonizing. Because um, <laughs> you know, I, is Steve Sarkeesian still Alabama's offensive coordinator? Because you know he could just. Not show it doesn't up. matter with two. Um, uh, I'll take Duke. Ooh. <laughs> Love it. Ooh. <laughs> Love it. Daniel Jones, alma mater. All right, alma yeah. mater. <laughs> okay, the actual best game of the weekend: Auburn versus Oregon in Dallas. Auburn's a three and a half point favorite. This line opened actually higher for Auburn. Yes, which I think people are. Seem to be hammering Oregon. Um, Oregon with Justin Herbert, Heisman candidate. Uh, uh, John, who do you like? Oh, I'm going to take Oregon. 
I, I don't really trust Mario Cristobal, and I think um, there was a review of coaches, and everyone said he was the dirtiest and also the worst coach, um, all of his peers. Uh, so that doesn't really reflect well on him. But uh, gosh, Auburn was. Does anyone remember what Auburn was like before Jared Stidham transferred there? It was awful. They like their offense could not get out of its own way, and I think that's going to come back to haunt them again. Um, because they still, I don't know if they've named a starting quarterback yet. They might have, but it's not good. So it looks like it's Bo Nix, which is okay. a strong a, quarterback a, name. I'm going to be honest yeah, with you. Strong name. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I will actually take Auburn in light of that news. And also, what a um, surprise. Jared Stidham has also been kind of a revelation for the Patriots. So I just feel like things are coming up Auburn in my life. Yeah, I uh, sometimes think that Auburn thinks it's like 1901 and the forward pass hasn't been legalized. <laughs> um, so even though I hate Oregon's jerseys and their stupid, gigantic numbers, um, I'm going to pick Oregon. All right. Uh, Northwestern at Stanford. We have the over-under in this game because these are two historically, let's say not explosive, less explosive Offensive teams. The over under is forty six. I will. Oh, that's some of the... I'll take the under, but I'm not going to be happy with that. I don't think because Northwestern should be like decent this year. They should be able to put up points. I don't know. I'll take the under. Uh, Cooper. I've never once picked the under, uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to start now. No, we'll go with the over. All right, and John. Can I, can I get the uh, line again, please? 46. And it's... So it's got to be like a, a low 20s final score. Northwestern at Stanford. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so the Stanford kids, it's going to be like an empty stadium. Why are they playing there? <laughs> um, wow. Wow. 45 <laughs> points. I think, I think Northwestern could beat Stanford 35-14. So I'll I'll take I'll take, take the over. The over. Okay. Yeah. Uh, second to last one, UCLA at Cincinnati. Cooper in Nippert. The Mick Cronin Bowl. Uh, yes, the Mick Cronin Bowl. UCLA is a four and a half point underdog. So Cincinnati's favorite. Cincinnati has some high expectations this year too, I think. And they host. Uh, don't they host UCF? I think at some point. I believe that. I believe that is like one of UCF. One of their marquee games on their schedule. Yes, they do in yep. October. Uh, okay, who do we like in this game, Cooper? I think we forget that Chip Kelly coach. He does still coach for UCLA, right? He does yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> going up against known coaching savant Luke Fickle, though, former head coach of the the Ohio State University, right? I like former, Luke former player. Fickle. I think he's learned from his interim coaching days at Ohio State. And going six and seven and having the most disappointing Ohio State season in my lifetime. Um, man, this is tough. I'm going to go with UC because I think they need to win this game. I think they do have expectations of having a really good season. Um, their schedule's tough. I think they need to win this game. So I'll take UC. Okay. Uh, John? Um. They're favored by three, four and a half. half. Four and a half. Oh, that's ooh. Um... Right in that Vegas zone. (laughs) Yeah, that is. (laughs) Uh... I'm gonna take. um... I mean, at some point in time, Chip Kelly's team has to figure out that you throw the ball forward. So that's it's got to. I'm gonna take Oregon. Wait, you're taking Oregon? Oregon? Yeah, I'm taking Oregon. Taking okay. Oregon. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if he ever threw the ball forward for uh, at Oregon, and it still worked for him. So. Yeah, no, okay. We'll do, uh, I'll do Cincinnati. Oh, change it up. Okay, got it. Uh, skirt. Uh, I will also take Cincinnati. Oh, great. I, just, I don't know who. I just, I Googled UCLA football, and it says as of two hours ago, they named their starting quarterback. Not a great sign. Not a great sign. So now we want to see. Let's go Bearcats. Uh, all right, last game: Ohio State at home, taking on Lane Kiffin and FAU. 
Ohio State is a 27.5 point favorite, Cooper. What do we think? I can't contradict what I said earlier. It's the same reason I have for Alabama versus Duke. So I'll just just stay consistent. Even though I do think that out of the two games, this is probably more likely to not hit the points. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's an entirely different set of circumstances with new head coach, new quarterback. But I would be shocked if they did not win by four touchdowns. I'll take Ohio State here, too. And John? Mm. It's very tempting to take Lane Kiffin, but he really burned me a couple times last year in the uh, <laughs> stone pipe, stone pipe oh, locks. Uh, shoot, we need to do the stone pipe lock, the lead pipe lock. I, Thank you. I'll, 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 pull, I'll pull a lead pipe lock real quick. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be a coward and I'm going to take Ohio State. <laughs> All right, there we go. Okay, so we're on the same page block. with the last two. I think we differed on pretty much. Oh, no, and we all were all on the same page with Notre Dame also. Okay, there you have it. First pick six of the year. And, John, while you're pulling up a lead pipe block, unless you have it. Okay, um, I think I got it. Let's um, go. All right, so Tulane, three-point favorites over Florida International. Um, that's just ridiculous. That's just that's that's a home. That's a it's basically a high game because Tulane's the home team. So how could they disrespect Tulane like that? No, no. How could they take Florida? How could they disrespect oh, Florida National like that? It's a toss the other way. It's a toss up. They're just giving Tulane a home home field advantage. Tulane undergrads don't show up to football games. Um, so and they're not playing in the Superdome anymore. It's a night game. It's at eight p.m. Uh, on a Wednesday. No, it's not on a Wednesday. There's no way to play that they game. Don't, on they don't do those until like midseason. Uh, give me a second. Let me figure out what day it is. It is on a Thursday, so I was close. Give me Florida International. Give me the Golden right. Panthers. FIU. All right. First lead pipe lock of the year for John. Okay. Waste of data. Cooper, you can lead us off because I know you have one ready to go. I actually have three. So it, it all revolves around uh, Andrew Locke, which we didn't talk about because we're exhausted by the storyline. Um, so one would be I contemplated whether or not Adam Schefter really should have ever tweeted out the news because I think yes. um, Luck wasn't prepared to give that statement last night, wanted to give it today. Sorry, wasn't prepared to give the statement Saturday night. Um, and instead wanted to give it Sunday. That The news broke. Schefter broke it. Um, and that led to him getting booed by Colt fan, Colts fans, uh, which I understand their frustration, but still didn't seem right for a quarterback who I think is like second all time in touchdown passes through his first six years in the NFL. So um, I don't know. Sometimes I just wonder if like a reporter in that scenario should just maybe bite the bullet and hold on to his story. Uh, I don't know. Seems a maybe just like a little, a little irresponsible, a little selfish. Um, Number two would be the Dan Dockich uh, and Gottlieb tweets, <laughs> which go they pair together very nicely. Um, I should have had these ready to go. I think I was actually reading Doug Gottlieb's. So Gottlieb's tweet was um, retiring because rehabbing is too hard. It's the most millennial thing ever. Um, of course, he got ratioed real hard. Um, and it's just a ridiculous tweet considering the dude got kicked out of Notre Dame because he stole a credit card from a roommate and now tweets controversial things for a living uh, instead of living in his mom's basement. Dan Dockich would be my next one, who has also appeared on the Waste of Data before. Twitter's not loading. His was like the same thing, basically uh, criticizing Andrew Luck for quitting, um, even though he quit West Virginia 13 days after he took yeah. the job because it was too hard. It's they're both ridiculous. I don't understand how either of them have jobs. Actually, I honestly don't think either of them would have jobs uh, if social media didn't exist. So their true their Twitter account, everything associated with them, social media wise, is a waste of data. Truly. So that was it. You said you had. I guess oh three was Daka Jand. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I that storyline was so exhausting. I'm glad we didn't. That you summed it up perfectly. I don't think we need to talk about it more. John, unless I know Prison Kate's ponies. This was a tough blow, but T- tough blow. But we have uh, Jacoby Brissett there in yes. the wings. I'm, I'm told that's what Prison Kate's muttering in her sleep now. Um. <laughs> okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett is very capable. I, I must say. Um, yeah. 
John, do you have a waste of data? Um, I do. Uh, my waste of data is Sports Illustrated. Um, so I don't know if anyone actually reads Sports Illustrated anymore, but they've been publishing like top 15 lists for the top for the 150 years of college football. Um, and they're awful. They do it, idiotic things like saying that um, Rocky Top is a better fight song than the Notre Dame Victory March and one of the best fight songs ever, like top five, um, which is just kind of bizarre. Uh, saying Notre Dame is the ninth best football program ever, um, but, only in ter- but only in terms of historicity. Like, it's not about how they're doing now. It's about the, the legend of the program. Um, so I don't know. There's a bunch of idiotic things in there, not just Notre Dame being slighted, um, obviously, but that obviously contributes in large part to their landing on the waste of data. Is Hey, Vader, you want to not do that? Well, I'm also sounds really soft. It's Why only soft. do top 15 list when it's the 150? I know. Yeah, it's like why I mean, we do full me... all American lists. Like, yeah, you think they why not try? give me a 150? <laughs> yeah, it seems super soft. Get on a level. Yeah. So anyway, calling out the Snowflake uh, Sports Illustrated. So, uh, okay. And my wasted data is those atrocious, awful, disgusting MLB players weekend uniforms. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So bad. Just, I want to. I want to meet every single person whose desk those crossed, <laughs> and personally tell them that they are terrible at their jobs. <laughs> They're just so bad, and every tweet about them is a waste of data because every like every pixel that they take up on my screen, on the television, in real life, is a waste of data. I wish they would go away. It was such a waste of a great opportunity, which is kind of the MLB's whole uh, MO. So, no, I shouldn't be surprised, but those were truly terrible. Yeah, they oh, were pretty bad. I, can I have a bonus waste of data? Of course. Um, Antonio Brown and Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott for trying to turn the NFL in, into NBA. The NBA. <laughs> this NBA league. Drama. Gosh. It's. It's like I get you want more money. That's fine, Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not faulting you for that. But and like that coupled with Antonio Brown, oh like God. the Antonio Brown storyline, using so to wear soft, his yeah. helmet. It's just like, well, what, where, what's happened? You know, where have we gone? Playoffs. Yeah. I still don't think it's as criminal as his mustache. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm could, glad. Go ahead. I know sorry. we would typically end the podcast here, but can we do and explain it to Cooper real quick? Um, what happened to so Notre Dame? Honestly, this confused the crap out of me. Notre Dame gave that like little teaser of like releasing new uniforms. Oh god! And I got so pumped. I was so hyped. Oh, wait, you're right. And we check check the Monday come out, and I was confused because they released new uniforms, but they're the same uniforms that we always wear. No joke, John. I stared. At those photos and read the web release like ten times because really? I was like, "What's the difference in the uniforms?" Well, our numbers don't it. look like that anymore. That's the the key is that the numbers don't look like that anymore. So now is that it. Well, I heard um, I heard some people moving them to make them all crop tops or make like the bottom quarter oh, flesh colored, um, depending on whatever color they your flesh like, is for football player. Like, um, six packs. Yeah, six packs. Um, also, there was a movement for Brian Kelly to dress like Lou Holtz for the game, um, which I think would be great. Uh, and then also talk with a lisp. Uh, but you it, know, it was the biggest tease of uniform <laughs> release in the world. It I, was such a tease. It was yeah. It I was so bad. I was disappointed, but the reactions on Notre Dame Twitter have been um, ecstatic. <laughs> I think just given last year's uh, navy and black combo, they. Uh, under Armour went really soft. I think Under Armour is making like a hundred alternate uniforms this year, so maybe they were just like, "Hey, when was the last time you guys won? 1988? Great. Here you Guess go. What? Your uniforms, navy and gold. Surprise. <laughs> so I remember the announcement, and then I never saw anything after it. And I'm now trying to find a picture of the the uniforms. Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and take pictures of the home uniform. That might be them. Just envision yeah. what I've always envisioned. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, the the um, sorry, the cleats also changed. The cleats are uh, a little wait. different, and apparently the 
print on the inside of the gloves is also different awesome details different. it's the details that's like that's <laughs> under armor's whole thing like the, the shamrock series uniforms the yankees ones it was like oh but they're inscripted with the words to the <laughs> alma mater and it's like no they're just terrible uniforms yeah. they look like baseball jerseys that were put on football players that you designed in five minutes in ms paint <laughs> uh. all right on that note <laughs> that's the show Thank you guys for tuning in. We're excited to have football back. Oh, I haven't used paints since like second grade. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that's what the Notre Dame, uh, or sorry, Under Armour. I shouldn't Under Armour. Under Armour. Don't, Under don't Armour. insult the brand there. Corporate offices have. It's all they've got installed. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. We're excited to have football back. Hope you are too. Next time we return, we will have more to talk about, even more actual college football. So... And soon enough, NFL, too. Uh, We made it. Looking forward to it. Thanks, as always. And until next time. Dope. Go Irish. Wait, did you get down? Stop recording. Do what I want to do.